Welcome to episode 78 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jason. I'm here with Nick and Marty. How are we going today, fellas? Going well, thanks, Jace. Just trying to scratch out a living at the moment, you know. <laughs> We're going to talk about it today. Toilet paper's up. You know, it's up. It's expensive. It, you can't be obese anymore. It's not cost effective. So it could be good. It could be bad. It's going to be a big episode. We're going to talk about it. But I'm good, mate. I'm good. Nick, how are you going? I'm going well, Marty. I'm just trying to connect that. So you were saying obese people go to the toilet more? Is that an assumption or? A- mm, well, yeah, I, I was put confused. on a few kilos, so I have to tighten the budget and the belt. It uh, just makes sense now. So I, I, uh, I guess I've got to do the right thing. There's more to digest, so I can only assume that you know one uh, one impacts the other. But uh, going well, getting ready for a big push into Christmas and. Um, it's going to be a really interesting time, I think, coming into Christmas with inflation and whatnot, which we're going to talk about today. So, yeah, just uh, head down, bum up, and um, yeah, <laughs> let's uh, let's rip into it. Chase, how you going, mate? Yeah, look, doing all right. I was, uh, excuse the voice if it gets a little bit croaky, I was up at 4 a.m. Uh, on a flight to Sydney, got some stuff going on up here today. So recording from uh, a podcast studio at the Commons in George Street, Sydney. So early morning, up and at them, um, we'll crack in and uh, give the listeners what they need to know about uh, all things inflation. Fantastic. Well, let's play. All right, guys. Uh, well, with what we do every day as accountants and what you guys are doing as mortgage brokers and, and financial advisors, uh, we're probably, you know, you guys are also probably coming across the conversation around what is inflation? What is inflation and, and what does it mean and, and why is it happening? So I thought I'd, uh, with you smart gents, crack into a little bit of an explanation of what inflation is. And then Marty, you've uh, got a fantastic example of what's going on at the moment. So um, put simply, boys, inflation is where there's an increase in prices on goods and services and a fall in the purchasing value of your money. Um, so a simple example is, you know, earlier on this year or last year, you might have gone to the grocery store and maybe your usual grocery shop was $200 and you get the same basket of goods every single time. And then over the last year, all of a sudden, your groceries, that same basket of groceries is now $210, then $220, then $230. This is an example of where that same basket of goods has gone up in price, but because the value of your money hasn't gone up, you're now needing to reach into your pocket to spend more to get the same basket of goods. Um, some great examples of this would be like petrol prices. We know that petrol prices over the years have just skyrocketed. Um, there's heaps of examples around gas and electricity going bonkers as well. And there's all different kind of things that impact inflation. And I thought I'd share with you guys uh, there's the several major factors that influence inflation and some examples about them. Um, so we know through COVID, the government was basically printing money. They were smashing out JobKeeper and Cash Boost and JobSeeker and all this government stimulus to try and keep the economy ticking along. This is one of those things that can cause inflation. It's an increased supply of money. So if people have got more money, they've got more money to splash around and, and more to spend, which means people will put their prices up because there's more money to go around. Um, another example is devaluation. Uh, that's where there's a decrease in the exchange rate. So they're the first two. The third one, which most people are probably feeling at the moment it, well, in business and then most employees probably put their hands out for is rising wages. If you've got increase in wages, that's also a sign that there's increase in prices, which is driving inflation. 
There's demand pull inflation, which we know there's been a huge demand for goods and services over the past couple of years. I think um, you know anyone who's trying to get a kitchen renovation or trying to buy something from um, for, for or any supply of goods and materials has been insane to get their hands on. So that's demand pull inflation where there's a huge demand for goods and services, but the ability for an economy to provide doesn't meet the demand. Um, and the opposite side of that is cost push inflation. Um, or not the opposite side. That's where there's prices increases when wages and materials go up. So, you know, all of those businesses out there where people have put their hand up for a pay rise and then also materials down at Bunnings have gone up means that people have had to raise their prices, causing inflation. Um, probably a bit to follow there, boys, but following so far, you can see how all those things pushed towards inflation. Yep, certainly. Seeing real-life examples yourselves as well. Yep. Definitely, yep. every day. Awesome. Well, basically, because of these factors that I've run through, the conversations that we're now having with people every day and, and a common one that business owners are going to have to face is, should I increase my prices? You know, So if you're selling products or if you're providing services, you're now faced with the tough call of whether you feel like you're going to be, I guess, contributing to inflation by having to raise your prices as well. We're having these conversations with business owners every day because their costs have gone up. They've had to reach into their pocket and give their employees pay rises to keep their business running. They've had to pay more for their bills and operating expenses, but a lot of business owners are slow to raise their prices. And that means shrinking margins and if it, or, or losing money and actually not making a profit by the end of the year. So our general rule is if your costs are going up, then yes, you need to be increasing your prices. Do you guys see this often with the business you deal with? I mean, your your prices are probably harder to kind of juggle around, but is this a factor that you guys assess day to day? I wouldn't say where we see it a lot. It's obviously a factor, but I, I guess where we see it, and this is our own business included, and any business that we're trying to get lending for, margins are impacted. So mm. you know, your profitability then will determine what you can and can't do as far as Borrowing money from a bank and 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 growth and and these sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it's it's it, it's an impact that we do see, and you know whether it's our clients or or us, we need to find ways to um, to make sure we're still hitting the margins that we need to hit to make sure we're all happy to be in business. Um, so yeah, I guess you'd say we do see it, Marty, for sure. Yeah, and I think I think business owners have got a couple of choices. They've got a increase revenue on the existing expense formula, um, even though that's mm. rising, to match that that increase. Um, or you've got to cut costs or find a happy medium. But the other thing a lot of business owners don't always think about is uh, looking at efficiencies. It might be your top 40% or 30% of clients are generating 80 to 90% of your revenue. So sometimes you can find business efficiencies like we had to do during COVID as well, mm. where you need to be able to pivot and go, okay, well, what's our most cost-effective clients? Now, that that means there's some pretty big decisions and maybe some pivots in the business, but it also could be a, a smarter efficiency play where you could utilize these types of circumstances to create a better business. Now, you've got to go through the strategy mm. piece, make sure it's relevant for your business um, because, again, that's a change-up. But you can't just charge more with no additional value to using inflation as the crux. I think you've got to mm -hmm. display value at another level if you want to charge more. So there's a number of things business owners really got to think through here. 
um, over the next, uh, you know, three to six months, I well, feel. 100%, Marty. And uh, Nick, Nick and I have been doing a course with uh, Adrian Hondros uh, through Cub. Um, it's a, a business development leadership course. And one thing that he talked about was the three Cs, which I think is super important in, in this kind of example if you're about to raise your prices, and that's communication, context, and clarity. Nobody wants a surprise price rise where all of a sudden you're dealing with uh, someone and all of a sudden the price just jumps up 10 or 20% with no communication. I agree with what you said, Marty, though. Like if you're providing value and doing a great job for your clients or if you're providing a quality good, then there should be no real issue for you to put your prices up in line with your costs going up. Um, but I think communication's everything. I mean, if, especially if you're in a service business and you've got a good relationship with your clients, one of the first things you've got to do is get on the front foot and, and put some communication out there to let your clients know in advance, whether it's, look, you know, uh, 1st of January 2023, our prices are going to change by this much. We just wanted to give you plenty of notice or whatever the communication might be, but it's not good enough to just change your price and hope that everyone else will just keep kind of coming back and dealing with you. Uh, I think um, that's definitely something you got to think about. But at the same time, business owners need to not be afraid to do that too. If, they, if, they, if you genuinely believe you're, pro- you're providing value to your customers – you need to be comfortable raising your prices. Otherwise, it's your family and your business that misses out on continuing to to, to survive and, and make money and move forward. I think also as business owners, you need to understand what your competitors are doing. So, mm. you know, and and I think as business owners, you don't always do that. So, you know, you're in your own little bubble and you're, you're charging a fee that you think is relevant and it's been producing you the margins that it has in the past and now it doesn't. So don't 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 think that your your competitors are probably doing the same thing. So it's another really good um, um, I guess habit to have, but understand what the competition is doing because you might find that you are considerably less than what else mm. is out there in the market, which makes it very easy to justify a price increase to your um, to your clients. Hundred percent. And bigger type companies have the opportunity to not raise prices and can get a competitive edge in these types of markets mm. too. So again, it comes down to individual strategy, understanding, like Nick said, what your competitors are doing. And sometimes that's an opportunity to maintain pricing if you could, you know, if you could manage the expenses to get that, you know, get that next little piece of the market that uh, you might want. Yeah. So there's lots of different interesting things that happen in times of un, you know, more uncertainty with costs going up as well. Yeah, 100%, Marty. And look, I uh, had a couple of examples to throw in at the end here, and I, I really like uh, where we're about to take this with your example as well. But one of the reminders to business owners, look, if you haven't raised your prices for years, just consider it investigate, do your research, and then figure out how much you think you can put your prices up by. But the other side of a price rise, uh, a lot of the biggest companies do what's called shrinkflation. Now, you might think back to years ago, you might have thought your McDonald's cheeseburger was bigger or your Big Mac was bigger, and I'm not saying they've definitely shrunk those down so they're making more money, but there was an example where Doritos actually removed five chips from every bag or about, I think it was like a... 40 grams or something like that. So just just think of the sheer scale of providing millions of bags of Doritos around the world, what impact that would have on the business by removing five chips. Now, that was their example of shrinkflation. And then I th- tried to think of one off the top of my head for a client, and it was like a, a massage client, um, you know, a, a masseur or a masseuse. They usually charge, let's say, $80 an hour for a massage. And then all of a sudden you go back to book next time and it's $80 for 45 minutes. 
that's another example of shrinkflation. You're reducing the amount of time or you're reducing the goods that you're providing and still keeping your prices the same. Um, then all of a sudden you can fit that extra appointment or two in the day. If you're the masseur in this example or masseuse, you've got yourself extra revenue and there you go. Some uh... well, well, my dad was just saying the other day. He's a you know foodie connoisseur, uh, Croatian background. He was talking about Hungry Jacks, and he said, "You go in, you look at these beautiful big pictures of the burger, <laughs> and then you get the burger. It looks like this little donut." <laughs> so I think that's the best example I can give you in real time of uh, the man on the street not happy with the size of his burger anymore. Um, so you know, Hungry Jacks just. Uh, don't sue us, first of all, but second yeah. of all, let's get a bit more size in those burgers because they do taste good. Well, Marty, I can't help but think this is a solution here. So we've got an inflation issue, and I've never heard of shrinkflation, and I think it's actually awesome. I'm thinking about our own yeah. business, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, mm. shrinkflation is going to fix your margins, but it's also going to fix obesity because people are eating less, <laughs> and then it's going to fix the toilet paper issue that Marty's about to talk, to, uh, talk, uh. talk about. So... It's actually really good. And look, the reality is, who notices five chips missing? I know I wouldn't. Um, oh, mate. What about your, your to- what, what are your toastada, toast Dorita? They'd what? be doing me a favor if they halved the pack. So, <laughs> I can't remember um, what they're called, but they're addictive. Uh, the, the mission chips where you, you uh, can't, can't not finish the packet uh, on the way out. home from the supermarket in the car. But um, anyway, that's, that's another story. So, I'm just thinking about the chips and the. Um, is a really easy example. So is the massage uh, lady or man. Um, but I'm just thinking about a service-based industry. So I'm thinking about you, Jason. I'm thinking about us as financial planners. You know, we, we, we could look at, okay, what service are we offering to our clients and what are the impact points? Like mm. what are the real key things that we know that, if, that we're giving value and what are the things that we could probably extract? So you could even have a com- an open conversation with your clients and say, Look, this is our pricing now. This is where we need to move to. This is a service we're offering. What if we, you know, take one or two hours away from that service? Do you think that would have an impact? And then that then goes into your efficiency. So, mm-hmm. you know, can we deliver that service, that same amount of service at a reduced rate? So there's all different things you can think about as as a service provider. It's you might think that it's difficult because it's not as straightforward as we'll just take five chips out. Um, but you can just look at, yeah, I love what you said, Marty, around efficiencies and just look at your service offering. How long has it been since you reviewed your service offering? Like we're constantly doing that in our planning business and saying, what are we actually doing for what we get paid and is it impactful and do different clients need different levels of service? And what I mean by that is you might find that for a majority of your clients, call them 80% who are taking up most of the time, you could probably pull that right back. Um, as far as how much time you spend with them. But the the high touch point clients, you know, the clients that are high net wealth for you, Jace, or high net wealth for us, they'll probably actually pay another 30% and won't mm. care because they see the value in it. So that's what you can think about as a service business. Um, it's what we think about all the time. Fantastic points, Nick. And, and the important thing is, is not to panic and think creatively around your business with relevance. And we were just talking about it this morning, Nick, in regards to you know ex- our expense base obviously goes up like any other business, and we know what we want to accomplish within the business to make sure we're okay, but we have a massive opportunity with self-employed clients 
Uh, we've got a big book that uh, have taken out home loans, and we look at the business lending expansion in regards to you know people need more cash flow, and it's it's a value add service to our clients already that we can leverage off the existing expense base. So very relevant. It's going to be a benefit to our business, and it's another way we can generate revenues without an additional cost to the client base as well. So we think laterally like that at all times, you know, and, and, and we're looking for relevancy and we're looking for what's a value add to client where we can ensure we keep growing, or not getting distracted, but just off the basis of what we do in finance and how can we expand that opportunity. And we've talked about that in the past with Blue Ocean strategies Mm. as well in expanding off the existing business in an area where we can get further leverage that adds value to our clients. So important not to go defensive on it and think, oh my goodness, look at our expenses and you know, the end of the world's coming. Uh, that That's the time to sit down and really map out, you know, the opportunities that these types of scenarios present. Because I guarantee you every year, 2020, COVID, world was going to end. We did better. You know, not every industry can do that at that time. 21, same sort of thing. We come out of that. Seven interest rate rises, you know, more to come. Yeah, inflation up. So what's 2023 bring? You've you've still got to maintain that enthusiasm around your business and strategies within it, regardless, because every year there'll be something like this in a different way. So and that's the craft of the business owner is to not only, you know, survive those types of things, but to to thrive through them. So and that's why these podcasts are good and talking to people within your own circle of influence that are business owners, even outside of your industry, to see what they're doing because you might pick up one tip or technique that actually really takes your business in a better direction um, that might be so simple. So, yeah, just explore that, particularly coming up to the end of the year and going into 2023 as well. Well, Marty, I think uh, we've all been waiting for your example of inflation and uh, what's what's going on with uh, toilet paper. Fill us in. Just to bring in a little bit of lowbrow uh, business here. Uh, but the Sorbet boss uh, came out this week, Mr. Nicholson, and uh, warns that toilet paper prices will rise as gas. I don't think that was the right usage of word in that topic. <laughs> but anyway, gas bill set to almost triple. So, so yeah, Sorbet's been making um, toilet paper, manufacturing toilet paper since the 1950s, and the, he's basically saying there's a real crisis uh, looming, and they've been shopping around for new contracts in regards to their gas bill, and the, the, the cheapest they could find was only a 290.7% increase. So Ouch. quite a substantial, substantial hit. Uh, to the bottom line, no pun intended. Again, but it's uh, but it just goes to show you that um, you know industries that have been around for a long time, and I'm sure they will adapt, uh, are getting hit hit hard, and they're of course worried about keeping their workers on and just things all businesses are worried about. But they will have to expand price in order to survive. So I just thought that was a really good real life example. Um, in regards to how everyday things can be impacted and how that affects business, and um, and also the, I mean, it's hitting the snack industry as well, where they were saying that uh, the company's gas bill in regards to 
uh, some of the snack brands in Australia have have soared from three million per year to nine million per year. So that's a really hefty cost when so, you when you look at that in regards to now you've got to balance it all up as to what the revenues they're creating as well. But you know, costs have to be passed through in those types of situations because uh but just how much, you know, that's where you've got to test the market. Special warning to Greggy to stock up on the chips before the prices go too crazy. He goes through a family <laughs> bag of uh thins chips a day. So I just saw that Thins is one of those brands that's involved in that uh triple tripling from three million to nine million dollars. Like that's mm. a huge price increase, and you just imagine like obviously those costs have to be passed on, or you're going to be missing a lot of potato chips out of your next bag of chips if they're going to do shrinkflation. That's for sure. That's just one expense line, too, right? That does, mm. that's that's the that's the gas expense line. That doesn't include wages, transport, all this sort of stuff as well. Um, crazy stuff. Yeah, and that and that's what's scary because it's the highlight line. It's not the full suite of expenses, and that uh, yeah, it's obviously people feeling it. Even I was at uh, Warrandyte on the weekend, and Warrandyte is always busy, so I'm not sure whether the rain and the uh, you know the fear of thunderstorms hitting everyone kept people away, but it was down in regards to the cafes, and I had never seen that before. It was probably the first time, and but yet yeah, you go to other suburbs, and it's and it's buoyant. It's just such a unique independent individual market wherever you go at the moment but you are starting to see the effects and i certainly on the weekend probably noticed it for the first time um just in a general in a general cafe and i'm sure that's different in other places where it's still buoyant uh but but you do see that impact starting to hit a little bit where people are tightening the belt and understanding christmas is coming up as well uh so people are being more careful uh, but that's that's a good thing as well, you know. That's uh, people adapting to the circumstance. And again, I always say, look for the opportunity as well. Uh, stock up on your toilet paper, not because of COVID anymore, which is good, just because uh, you don't want it to be, you know, sixty four bucks a roll in uh, <laughs> in in the next year. So I shouldn't say that because people will do that. Don't go and do that for God's sake. <laughs> but, 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 but maybe, maybe just do a little bit, Greggy. Get your chippies. Or eat less. (laughs) That's my plan. Uh, (laughs) Guys, this has been episode 78 of The Numbers Game. Good little fireside chat on inflation and all things toilet paper and uh, bum jokes from Marty. Um, If you've enjoyed this episode, like us, follow us, share some of our content and get your friends and family onto it. We're here to help. And uh, until next time, it's... Yep, it is game over.